Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. It doesn't sound right. No. It's it, Monday morning homeless. Tuesday, it's the title of the show. Tuesday morning homeless. Here we go. Yeah, because I couldn't drag George in here on a, <laughs> on a Monday morning nope. to do this. Uh, nope. He was with his family and I was asleep at this time yesterday. So que rico. It was fun. It was fun. But here we are on a Tuesday morning. How many days How many days a year do you get to sleep in like that? Uh, more than you. <laughs> For me, it's more than you because you have two children. So, But no, it's it's a beautiful Tuesday morning. We had a, Everybody had a great long weekend, I hope. And uh, hopefully when you hear this podcast, hey, surprise, it's here. We didn't come yesterday, but here's your podcast here in your are. inbox. There was, or, there was a, speaking of surprises in the inbox, we got a, a oh, nice surprise yesterday. Yeah, you, you tell that story because, uh, you, you tell that story. So I, I know it was, it, was a, it was a holiday, but I was just keeping an eye on the inbox because yep. we, we have religious work, ed registration. you're a workaholic. Well, that too, but, but mainly because we have religious ed registrations coming in. So I was just keeping an eye on how many of those happened to come in. And in that same folder, I filter any contact us forms that we receive through the Religious Ed website. And there was one that came in that uh, she said, you know, my husband and I are, are interested in getting baptized. Uh, we want to baptize our two young children as well. So inquiring about, uh, you know, inquiring about whether they need classes or what that process would be. And she finishes it off by saying, you know, I went to Mass on Sunday, uh, and I was impressed by the message of uh, take me, take as, me I as I am. Mm -hmm. So I, I was like, oh, wow. You yeah, know, that one, you sent me that. I, I took a screen cap right away, and, and I forwarded that over yeah. to you so you, would, uh, so you would enjoy that. That made me smile. That it, was nice. It, no, it made, it made me more, and so it got me emotional. Because here I am, I'm literally putting my dinner down on, 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 on the table. Nice and warm and hot, and I get this, and I got emotional. And I'll tell you why I got emotional. And my food got cold, by the way, because I got so much. I was texting you. I'm like, I go, wait, did I say that during the homily? And I'm like, no, I didn't say it. Pope John Paul the First said it. Excuse me, blessed Pope right. John Paul the First said it, who was canonized on on Sunday by Pope Francis. Canonized, beatified by by Pope Francis on on Sunday, and. Here is, you know, it's a long weekend and, you know, your pastor feels like, you know, being honest with everyone. Not that I was mailing in uh, the homily on Sunday, but I knew, you have to know your audience. People are, that, that actually show up for Mass on a long weekend, they are laid back that weekend. They know they have the following day off, you know, so I try not to burden them with much. That happens every long yep. weekend. And the previous long weekend, we were, we were out on, in New Orleans, so we didn't have that problem. And a, and a bishop preached, because I, I didn't preach that weekend. But, you know, so I said, I'm going to base it off one verse from the first from the first reading. And I'm, since yesterday we celebrated Mother Teresa's uh, Saint Day, feast day, I said, I'm going to base it on two verse, two quotes from mm -hmm. Mother Teresa. And that's it. Wherever the Holy Spirit takes me, that's great. I wake up on Sunday morning, and as I do every Sunday morning, do my prayers. And then I go, okay, what did the Pope say this morning? In his Angelus address, and I knew that Pope John Paul I was being beatified. Right. 
And so the Pope mentioned this quote from John Paul I, which said, Lord, take me as I am with my defects, with my shortcomings, but help me become what you desire me to be. Now, like I told you last night in the text, it was a throwaway quote. Not that that's a throwaway quote, okay. but for me, in, in context in of your, preparing the homily, homily prep, it was a throwaway quote. Now, because I had written pretty much the homily in the bulletin column, I had the bulletin in my hand during the homily because I had the, the two Mother Teresa quotes underlined. So be, literally 10, 15 minutes before Mass, I'm writing down, scribbling down at the top of the bulletin that Lord take me as I am quote from John Paul I. And if it made it into homily, it didn't make it into the homily, wherever the Spirit take, but yep. it made it into the homily. You're always fed by your people during a homily. You real you notice when they're paying attention. I had, and maybe this was them, I don't know. I had two families sitting in the first two rows to my right, your left when you're sitting in the pews, you know, in front of the pulpit, where that I was preaching literally three feet from them. And they were hanging on my every word and nodding to everything I was saying. And that kind of like gets you, okay, they're listening. Okay, let me keep going. Let me keep going. So since they're liking this, since I mentioned the two Mother Teresa quotes, which I'll get to in a bit, I dropped that quote from John Paul I and go off on it. And it is a deep quote because you think, you look at it and it's face value. Lord, take me as I am with my defects, with my shortcomings, but help me become the person you... Help me become what you desire me to be. I mean, we're all broken. We're all sinful. We're all thinking we're not worthy of God's love. He makes us worthy. And then here you have now a blessed and soon to be saint to the mm-hmm. church telling us it's okay. And this is what resonated in this family. So here I am sitting down for dinner. You sent me this text and my chicken got cold. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. No, nah, that wasn't your fault. <laughs> You know, there's a microwave that can help me out with there, and I didn't use it. Um, I just got emo- I got choked up because it's just like, you know, wow, Lord, I wasn't, ex- you know, I was expecting chill Sunday. People were like come into mass, right. not to clock in, clock out. Mass was with forty, not fi- it should have been forty five minutes, but we had the second collection. It was more like fifty minutes, but it was shorter than it usually is at ten thirty. Right. And you know, I just wanted people to, you know relax this weekend and rest and that my homily wasn't too long and yet just that one take me as i am those four words i mean five words actually <laughs> uh resonated in the in the in the lives of, of this family they're not baptized they have twin six-year-old girls uh deacon already told me because i sent it to him yeah. he reached out to them uh we're trying to work around their schedule and hopefully we have 20 catechumens and candidates not counting the children. Not counting the children. Which is a lot. huge class this year. I think we have 11, not counting the school, which has another handful. Yeah. And we have 11 child catechumens. So year. we're going to finish the visual at 3 a.m. this year, which is fine <laughs> with me. You know, just. It's a great year to do all seven readings. No. <laughs> we'll, we'll see when we get there. But I'm sure Father Andrew would appreciate that. But how did it impact you? I mean, you, you mentioned it, but it was like on a lazy Monday night. Yeah. I'm, uh, the The email. Just reading, I mean, the, the fact that I took a screenshot and I had to send it right away, you know, just to, to see how, you know, here you've got this family, and not counting the kids, because they're six, they, re- they really, they get it, but not really. They're going but, along for the ride. But, you know, mom and dad who who are 
actively searching is, is the, the way this message came across, you know, actively searching for something, you know, decided, oh, you know, it's a long weekend. Let's, let's go to mass, which in itself is surprising. You know, and to say, you know, we, we both want to be baptized. We both want to bring our two children into this church. You know, we went to mass on, uh, on Sunday and were moved by the message and by the community that we want to be part of. Oh, that, that was really uplifting. And, and, and really, in a nutshell, was you know, this idea of, Lord, take me as I am you know, at, for, the, for the community, for this family, for us. You know, we just said, you know, even for you as you did the homily prep, just this is what I have. Take it and, and do with it what you please. Do with it what's best. You know, and, you know, in, in your prep, you said it was the throwaway line, and yet it might be a line <laughs> that, that brings four people into the church mm-hmm. in a sense. But you said it's not only what I said, but also the community. Have you not noticed during at least the mass you go to, have you not noticed more of a sense of family since the pandemic? Absolutely. That there is a sense of there's a sense of like, oh, you know, so and so, how are you know, we know where everybody sits. Uh we're not back to the same we're we're close to it, but we're not right back to the same attendance we had before the pandemic. But we're getting there, and we may get there as you know, as Labor Day is yep. now over, and now everything is in full swing. But have you not noticed a more sense of family? And and not just a sense of family as a whole, but the number of families. Yeah, with yeah. little children. With children, yeah. yeah. And, um, I mean, just immediately around me, you know, where we sit that last pew in front of the baptismal font every year, every weekend, excuse me. It, there's. A family in front that we've befriended. There's another family that sits in front of them that they're regulars. There's a family to our left that is always there. Yeah, you know, and we, we kind of look around, and I try not to look around too much because it, it gets overwhelming. You know, just to see the number of young families and the number of families with young children. And can I and, tell you, it, it it uplifts the older parishioners as absolutely. well. You know, the, the Louises and the Martha stuff. You know, yeah, and we don't even notice the noise anymore. Because no. it, because it's it's and they almost love it. it's almost so so much a regular part of the mass experience, <laughs> you know, And that reminds me the the other story I shared with you a few days ago. It was top ten things to do in Coral Gables with with children, and Church of Little Flower was number seven. This on from TripAdvisor from TripAdvisor. Yeah. I go what Church of Little Flower? Yeah, something to great. do with children, and and we beat out you know some actual things to do with children. That was impressive. I think that we, was, beat, we beat Deerfield. Deerfield. I forget what it was, but it was pretty sweet to see was, that. We to beat see us out, on that list. We didn't beat Miracle Mar Venetian <laughs> Pool, which is fine. But I don't think the Biltmore was on that list. No, it was interesting because I mean, I take the kids to see the Biltmore, see the pool, all that. But by the way, I went through that TripAdvisor. I went through all the comments on TripAdvisor. There was like 180. I went through yeah. every. It was during the the FSU uh, LSU game because it was so boring at time. We'll get to that in the second segment. But I went through it because that's when you sent it to me. Yeah. And really, not to toot our own home, but there was nary a negative thing said about it. Everything had to do, with, almost everything had to do with weddings. Yeah. These are people that probably travel and came to a destination wedding and, you know, like to drop in something, uh, you know, comment. I don't do that unless I had a really bad experience yeah. <laughs> on Yelp. And I'm still anonymous. I feel bad doing yep. it. But sometimes it's like, yo, get, you know, and it help, has helped, supposedly help restaurants, some. But it was all like weddings, sense of, you know, of beauty. We, we, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Beauty calls to us because beauty comes from the divine. 
Bishop Barron's always talking about that. You know how, how and that's why everything he does in terms of mm -hmm. the books that he puts out, the the work that it's all beautiful. Beauty calls to us, and so people are, are drawn in by that beauty. There was one comment that says, cute little church. I'm like, huh? Yeah. And then I clicked on it, and it was like they mixed it up, and they had a picture in front of the Congregational Church, yeah. which is a beautiful church, but it's not ours. You no. know, so, but, it, you know, that, that's fine. I, I tried to see if I could comment back. You could like the comment, but you couldn't comment on the comment. So it, it was edifying to see that people are... I don't want to say buying into the message or buying into what we're selling, because this goes into Shia LaBeouf's interview yeah. with, with Bishop <laughs> Barron saying, you know, I like prefer the Batman because they're not trying to sell me a car. I, I'm still, I got to see that whole thing yeah. because that Context. still doesn't, that, 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 that line doesn't sit well with me because I don't think I've ever tried to sell someone a car during, or even remotely close to that. Am I trying to communicate the love of Jesus Christ, communicate the mercy of Jesus Christ? Absolutely. And I think that needs to be done in a forceful way. That doesn't seem like a snake oil salesman, right? But it needs to be done in an effective way. And that the fact that we're seeing tangible responses, both in not only RSA, but you could speak to this better than I can, the number of children that are being registered in religious education, that's something that's edifying for the two of us. Yeah, and it, again, it, it comes down to the sense of authenticity, which is the heart of Blessed Pope John Paul I's quote there is is take me as i am with my defects with everything that's wrong with me you know but but take it and make it yours you know, and make and perfect it you know and bless it and and do with it do with me this this imperfect thing and do something great with it because you're god and i'm not that was yeah. my last line no wait that was last week's homily, <laughs> not this one you know but but to your point you know we Obviously, we, we took a hit during, uh, and I hate to just look at numbers because numbers really mean nothing in the grand scheme of things. You know, you, we're, what we're looking for is substance. Substance. Yeah. But, but numbers give us a sense of, you know, how things are going. And obviously, with the pandemic, we took a hit in religious ed registrations, and, and there was, you know, a, a anticipated drop in numbers. But now, today is the 6th of September. I don't think we've been as high in our number of, student enrollments at this point of the year since 2016, 2017, wow. which is one of my highest enrollment years. And, and it's not just the number of students, but the number of families who enroll the kids after communion for ongoing preparation. You know, the, the, number, of, uh, the number of child catechumens. I said we have 11 young children who are not baptized, who are, who are seeking to celebrate all of their sacraments. And I haven't, we haven't seen a number like that ever, at least in the ten years that I've been, that I've been here, you know. And, and it's just, it goes back to that sense of, and we see it in the pews on Sunday. We see it as a as a community, you know. Lord, take us as we are, you know. Take us as we are with our imperfections, with our defects. You know, we're not trying to hide anything. We're not trying to be something that we're not. You know, this is this is Church of Little Flower and. Just you know, you as it starts with you as pastor, and really trickling down to through the staff to the people. You know, we we place ourselves at the foot of the altar, and the Lord takes that and does amazing things. And, and I guess that's why I got emotional last night and cried over my chicken. Um, 
because Carly, I need a, I need that screen. I need that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you want that as a sound drop? I need drop. that as a sound drop. For- <laughs> Cried over my chicken. Um, I guess that's why I got emotional because when I've always said this, because in the, in in the moments in my life, obviously when I when I when I felt the calling to become priests at various points when I've been called by the Archbishop to move from one place to another, you know, I get emotional because you see God's hand tangibly at work in your life. And and it's very rare to, for us to see, you know, it's not very rare. We see it all the time and just have to notice it. It just doesn't slap you in the face as, no. as much as this one does, both good and bad. This was actually very good. So when I'm sitting there reading this email and then thinking about, how little I had to do with, even though I uttered those words. That's how I got emotional, how God takes us as imperfect instruments and uses us. Now, take me as I am. When I first read that quote, it reminded me of St. Ignatius's prayer, take Lord and receive all my liberties. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, all saints, we're all stealing from each other. Um, and, you know, we're just perfecting we're just perfecting what other people said or, or bringing into new into new context for the present time. But really, the readings had to do, and I really wanted to focus on was the beginning from the Book of Wisdom, where the the author says, "Who can know God's counsel, or who can conceive what the Lord intends?" I'm like, listen, I couldn't conceive mm-hmm. that that homily is going to have that impact because okay, there were what 300 people in the church. Maybe 350, probably 350. And and out of all of that, you know, this family. And I'd be curious to sit down with them and what 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 brought you to yeah. Mass? What made you come other than, obviously, that church calls to people. There are people that, that are constant. I see this all the time. Mm-hmm. That, that are probably staying at the building or going for a walk. And they, you know, they may be with a hat on in, in shorts. They still wander into the church, which is fine. And... Beauty calls them maybe one day, or maybe they saw us online during the pandemic and say, oh, I like that message. I don't know. But I'd be curious to find out. Does it, it really doesn't matter, but it's like, you know, you have a pa- parent that are not Catholic with two children that are six years old who can be baptized tomorrow yep. uh, because they're not they're not of catechetical age yet. But it, it just, that's, you know, that's what got me emotional. Because going back to who can conceive what the Lord intends, that's where I... You know, it was my basically my thesis for the homily, and then focusing on the heroic life of Mother Teresa, who said, "You know, Lord, just take me. I surrender, so I could serve the poorest of the poor." And that's for all of us to be able to say, "Lord, I surrender. Lord, take me as I am, even though I'm broken, even though I have all these words, even though I have all these sins." You just have to do. You know, if we surrender. We have no idea the incredible things God will do in us. And this past week, I started the 33 Days to Merciful Love. There's a, a small group of us doing the consecration. And the first week was all about uh, trust. And, and what struck me from one of the readings was, uh, it goes through Abraham and then and the connection to Mary in this sense of absolute trust that what the Lord had spoken would would come true, you know, that the Lord would fulfill His promises, you know, and in and we see it perfected in Mary, you know, and we don't always put it in that context. You know, the greeting when she visits Elizabeth, you know, to to look ahead, you know, to Jesus Christ hanging on the cross, and what must have been going th- 
through her heart, you know, but that the words that Elizabeth says to her, you know, how true they ring at Calvary, you know, because to, to be at the foot of the cross, you know, with her son, you know, hanging there, suffering and eventually dying, you know, and still having the absolute trust and the absolute faith to say, you know, this is, this cannot be the end because the Lord said to me that this isn't the end. You know, and, and to and to put all her faith, despite every everything that was laid out before her, you know, and everything that she had suffered through her her whole life, and and in the in those in those hours, you know, and still to look at that face to face and be confronted with it, and still say no. I believe what God has spoken to me. You know, and, and you know to to have this Sunday's readings. You know that that question from wisdom, and then this uh, this email that we received on Monday, you know, and then to read that reflection last night, you know, and kind of put all these pieces together on, you know, what lived faith actually is, you know, which is hard, which is difficult, you know, like how many how many times we make plans and something goes wrong and oh, you know, we get deflated all the time, you know, how how little times do we hold fast? And say no, despite everything that's happening, despite everything that, I, despite everything that's laid out before me, to point to the contrary, you know, to say I believe that what the Lord has spoken to me will come true, you know, and that that sense of faith, you know, who who can know the plans of the Lord? You know, nobody. The Lord knows, <laughs> and, and we just have to trust that and to surrender in that trust. Oh my goodness, what a, what an act of faith that requires. And how beautiful the result when we when we're actually able to do that. And I mentioned that part about making plans when it came to Mother Teresa. And I also stems. I had a conversation recently with your sister Gina about you know making plans. You know, we we constantly think that you know we make these plans. And and I, and the question I asked on Sunday was, all right, when we make our plans, when it has to do with you know grand plans. I'm not talking about let's have dinner tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying like. Grand plans, life plans. How often do we include the Lord in those plans? How often do we say, Lord, is this the path that you want me to take? Because that's where Mother Teresa comes in. Mm -hmm. And this is where you talked about trust, the trust of Mary, our Blessed Mother. And also the surrender of Mary. I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done to me according to the word. This is her saying, I surrender. Now we hear surrender. And we think it's a sign of weakness. It's a sign of defeat. When it comes to the spiritual life, that is the ultimate sign of victory because you realize, wait, I can't do this. (laughs) God has to do this. I spoke to the eighth graders this morning. I'm going to speak to them again this afternoon. And, and, you know, I'm basically walking them through how to pick a a confirmation sponsor and what to look for in the person. And the the first thing I said is, before you even think of a name, pray to the Holy Spirit, you know, to help to help you guide, to help guide you and discern this process. As I'm talking to them, the, I guess, yeah, the, the prayer of Thomas Burton came to mind. And, hey, and I love it. You know, it's, my Lord God, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> but I trust that you're with me. You know, and then he goes on and on and on, you know, about just, you know, that, what you're saying, surrender. But you know, I'm, I'm kind of laughing at it, and they're looking at me like, what? What kind of prayer is that? 
But the sincerity of that prayer and, and the depth of that prayer has has always struck me because, my God, how many times have I sat in the chapel or just driving around and, and I just look up to heaven and say, my God, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm laughing right now I'm because... I fake that... it till I make it and I don't know how, you know, you you do things <laughs> through me and... and can we say wow. that's my approach to priests and your approach to fatherhood? Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Because, I mean, I, I sit in my office, I look at this monstrosity right outside my window. It's just church of little flower. You you know, we think we have it figured out. You no, think you have it figured out with your kids. and your kids, from You know, it. your kids are constantly growing and constantly throwing you curveballs. So it's like, you know, we have to trust them. But I, I have to find the full prayer. But look it up. Thomas Burton. My Lord God, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> But I trust that you're with me, so, you know, you you figure it out for me. <laughs> and there are so many quotes. I, I just thought about three or four quotes from saints that have to do something like that. But it goes back to surrender. And to finally bring it home to, to the quote of Mother Teresa, the quotes of Mother Teresa. She said, total surrender consists in giving ourselves completely to God because God has given himself to us. If God owes nothing to us, and is ready to impart to us no less than himself, shall we answer with just a fraction of ourselves? I give up my own self, and in this way induce God to live for me. Therefore, to possess God, we must allow him to possess our souls. And you see, we all have problems with that because we think of, no, man, I want to be independent. I don't want somebody telling me what to do. I don't want, but this is God. It's like a, like a child, like your children. They follow, they follow or should follow what you tell them to do. And why? Because you know better than them. You know that they will get hurt if they put their hand on the stove. That they will get hurt if they jump into an empty pool or whatever it is, crazy things that, they, that children do that a father and mother try to prevent them because the father and the mother know better. Our God, and Jesus Christ talks about this in the gospel, how much more will God take care of you? How much more will God have mercy on you? How much more will God take care of you because you, you know, because He loves you? Like He said that in one part of the God, if God makes the sun rise and the rain fall upon the wicked, how much more will God shower you with blessings who are righteous, you know, or who are His followers? And the second quote from Mother Teresa is, "Let God use you without consulting with you." Let the Lord catch you, let yourself be caught by him, and then let him dispose of you utterly. Let him use you without consulting with you. You know, we constantly are, are consulting, you know, what do you think about this? And, and I do it, you know, here in the ministry in Paris, I'm constantly walking in your office, what do you think about this? You constantly come into my office, what do you think about that? You do it with your wife. You know, so many people consult, mm-hmm. but when it comes to God, said, Lord, my life is yours. Do with it as you will. You don't have to consult me. You don't have to ask me. Because even when I'm assigned to a different parish, technically the bishop asks, you know, you know, would you like to move? Or, or in some vein, says, do you? Can you move to? You know, even though he doesn't have to do that. Yeah. But every single time, I've, he's done that, and I'm like, well, and kindly he's consulting with me, but not really. But he doesn't have to do that because I, I, I made a promise of obedience, mm-hmm. you know, and 
in the married life, you made, even though the word obey was taken out of the vows, promise to obey you, there is a certain obedience, and you could speak to it better than I can, there is a certain obedience that comes with marriage, is there not? I'm going to say yes, just for the... <laughs> The sake of my oh. as it comes towards <laughs> it comes hurling towards his tenth anniversary later this month. No, ab- absolutely, and and it goes both ways, and that's the thing. It, I was gonna I was gonna joke that the woke culture would like a word, you know, as as we're talking about, you know, use me and dispose of me as you yeah. will, you know, as we're talking about you know, the spiritual life. But yes, to to your point, there there is absolutely this sense of obedience to each other. Because you know, to become one in in marriage, you know, so it's not just it's not just about me, or it's not just about my wife, but it's it's the two of us together, and and to take two physical things and then make it one spiritual thing, you know, there's this constant battle, mm-hmm. you know, not just between, not just internally within myself spiritually, but really as the two of us are trying to make a marriage. And I, I say that on purpose. You know, it, it just doesn't just happen when you say the vows. You know, there is this constant struggle back and forth between, you know, what I want, what she wants, what God wants, what's best for the family. You know, then you add kids into the mix. You know, there is absolutely the sense of we need to listen to each other. You know, we need to discern together, and, and ultimately we need to not just obey each other and and respect one another. But at a, at a grander scale, introduce the, that obedience to the work of the Holy Spirit within that relationship. You know, so so yes, there's an obedience that I have to my wife. There's a, an obedience that my wife has to me. But ultimately, it's that stems from the obedience that both of us together, as as this one mystical spiritual unity, have to the Father you know, as as we allow Him to enter into our family. And to go back to how we started, you know, take us as we are. You know, we're imperfect individually. We're imperfect as a married couple, but you know, we're gonna trust you, and we're gonna go where you lead us. And we may not get it. We may not understand. Lord knows, it's been uh, a heck of a roller coaster over the last ten years. But that sense of surrender and ultimate obedience to what the Lord is calling us to, you know, bears incredible fruit. And it's hard to see sometimes, but it's nonetheless true. You know, a quote from Robin Williams in Goodwill Hunting just came to me when you're talking about the imperfections. Don't you learn? Don't you? I mean, don't you learn to love those imperfections? Absolutely. That's what that's what makes us unique. I mean, (laughs) and that's how God loves us, imperfections and all. Because if there's an imperfection in your wife or, or an imperfection that Angie sees in you that one day just goes away, you'll miss it. The reason why I brought up Robin Williams in, in his quote from Goodwill Hunting when he's talking about his late wife, and, and this is what was so brilliant about that performance because he just brought an ethos to that performance and a power to that. Like if he had suffered and, you know, uh, he tragically died and, and left a wife behind, but, you know, but it was like if he had lost a wife and that's the ethos that he brought to it. Saying, you know, you know, we talk about the good moments and all that, but you know, just that she snored, or that, you know, the, the way she, you know, the way that she did this in the kitchen, the way that she did this, you know, around the house, and then 
when that's gone, when there's silence in the house, mm-hmm. you miss that. So, and he, and he's, and he, and he really was trying to focus on Will, a uh, Matt Damon's character. It's the, see the emperor. That's the good stuff. Yeah. That's the stuff that makes well, a marriage. You know, how many times in a family you know, we poke fun at each other over these little quirks? Yeah, and the response is, you know, you'll miss me when I'm gone. Yeah, and and it's not just <laughs> and it's not just in family, but it, it, in friends because. You know, th- that little needling that we do, you know, and sometimes it goes a little too far, yes, but but it's realizing that we know who you are mm-hmm. and we take you as you are. And that's the good stuff, as, as as Robin Williams' character says in Good Will Hunting. That's the good stuff. That's what God loves in us. And this is how he created us. Now, that creation is distorted by sin, and that's all on us. But even in that sinfulness, he wants us to surrender. We have to turn to him and say, take me as I am. Now, it doesn't excuse us, okay, take me as I am, okay, and I'm going to continue to live mm-hmm. this life of sin. Because you could use, you could, you could uh, distort and abuse that quote in many different ways, and I have thought of that. But... If you say the Lord take me as I am, then the Lord will do something great in you, and that sinfulness will go away. Ideally, right? But that's where you know we have to say, "I surrender." You know, and friends, that's that. That's what we got really deep today. My goodness, I wasn't thinking we were going to get so deep. I knew that's we were going to talk but, about the evening. We're, we're only at thirty-three minutes. We're good. No, but, but I'm saying it's like, <laughs> but I'm saying we we went really deep today. I didn't think about it. You know, I'm I'm, I'm still kind of checked out from the long weekend and. Um, but it just you shows know, we're you. Just, we're just here and saying, okay, we turn, a- we turn on the mics and you do the rest, Lord. Exactly. <laughs> so we'll leave you with that. You know, let me just leave you with that quote one more time because, uh, you know, it is so powerful. John Paul I had so much to say. If you can, read Pope Francis' homily on from his beatification on, on Sunday. Lord, take me as I am, with my defects, with my shortcomings, but help me become what you desire me to be. Yes! Yes! The you! The you! The you! The you! running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's you a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but... Just... No. Get out of here. What was that last night? College football is back. Boy, did it come back. With a fury. Oh, started on Thursday with the backyard brawl. My goodness. It was such a great weekend. Oh, and it, and it chaos. Ended, and it ended so terribly last <laughs> night thanks to, I don't know who scheduled Clemson and Georgia Clemson Tech. Georgia That Tech. was awful. Yikes. But, um, but yeah, no, it was a great weekend. You saw the passion back. Not a great weekend for the ACC. Uh, Not a good showing. I could care less. I only care about my team. That's that right. happens to reside in that conference. That's right. And my team, your team, whose flag I believe, oh, it's to my left, is... I mean, Mario's start was amazing. You were there. Tell me about it. I was there. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, what is kids aside, <laughs> what is there to say? It was it was as vanilla a game as it gets. And but yet in the vanilla, 
you saw better execution. Absolutely. The offensive line especially. And I'm not saying that because the offensive and line again, coach— And again, you got you to take it with a, with a great—it it is Bethune. It is, it is Bethune, yeah. You know, but but to, to see the running back not run into a wall after one yard, you know, to, have, to have gaps to run through, you know, to pick up first downs and, and big yardage— like I said, I, I'm not saying I'm not giving props to offensive line just because their offensive line coach was my brother's university coach in, <laughs> in high school. Great man, Alex Mirabal, and the Mirabal's done a lot for the archdiocese. But wow, there was there was things. Now areas of concern because we nitpick everything. Uh, defense didn't look very sharp, at least in the first half. Gave up a lot of yardage. I think yep. it was 300 plus 300 yards of offense, even though they gave up only 13 points. I mean, so the rest was bend, but don't break. And also Bethune started putting in their second stringers right. in the second half. But uh, TVD looked good. Uh, Jake Garcia. Restrepo. Looked look, Jake Garcia wow. looked good. Hopefully we don't need him this year. Yeah. But Restrepo looked very good. Mallory, I, I, I don't think they were going to him as often as they would like. I mean, no, one of the things this. was called back on a stupid uh, uh, illegal man downfield because he wasn't covered in the line, which no. I've never gotten that, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, and in the rest of college football, Virginia Tech loses old. I'm sorry, I can't say it without laughing. Yeah, for the second time. Yeah, NC State almost <laughs> lost. No, they you did went, lose. They did. I mean, lose. sorry, they, they did do. They did no, lose. They, they they won, but no, but but they I but mean, they lost that game. The, like, the polls come, come out in about two hours from when we're recording this, and I really do believe Miami will make a jump. Oh yeah, and I believe that NC State, who is in front of us, will go behind us. Absolutely. I think Pitt will make a jump. I don't think they'll pass us. Because there were a spot or two spots behind us, NC State and then NC State won on the scoreboard. Yeah, but but no, uh, what well, was it? A missed field goal yeah. and a missed extra point. Not even blocked. Just you straight up missed. Can we talk about the Tar Heels? Gave up <laughs> six touchdowns in the fourth quarter. They hang on and won because App State went for two mm-hmm. points twice and missed. And the twice. first he was wide open. And the thing is, all I had to do was kick field goal. I mean, kick extra points on both times. It would have been tied. He had them wide open. Yep. Uh, you went. Th- that was a crazy game, a crazier game that happened. You were in the same, so you didn't see this, and not many people paid attention to it. But Houston, who was ranked twenty fourth at University of Texas San Antonio, we need to bring it up because Larry Coker founded that team, mm. kind of like Schlenberger founded FAU. They played in the Alamo Dome, and they went to three overtimes. Oh wow! I'd like to go on the record as saying. Whoever decided that after the second overtime, we're not going to start from the 25, we're going to start, and just do alternating two-point conversion attempts. Oh, that's awful. It is not football. No. It's like saying, let's do it, you know, like, oh, fine, fine. Home run derby, if the All-Star game is tied going into extra, fine. It's an exhibition. Yeah, the, the All-Star game. But it's not. So <laughs> UTSA gets the ball back down because Houston scored a field goal to take the lead with about 40 seconds left. Somehow got into field going to tie the game. Centered overtime. They score a touchdown to start the overtime. Then you then Houston goes back, ties it also. Then they have to go for two yeah. in the second overtime. I forget what happened, but they're still tied at the end of the second overtime. Then the alternating, you know, two-point conversion. Terrible. I understand that you don't want this game to go on to sec, seven, eight, nine overtimes. But I think that's only happened two or three times. Mm-hmm. Yes, the kids are tired. Yes, but it's not football. And that, I believe... Was the craziest game? Well, no, I can't say craziest game. Because then <laughs> this FSU and LSU said, oh, "Hold my beer." Goodness, that last two fifteen of that game. 
I was shocked when at 11 o'clock at night, because I had texted George early in the evening, I'm bored by this game. I was I told you in the yeah. first segment, I was looking at TripAdvisor, yeah. all those comments during that game, because I was bored. And then it got exciting. 2.15 left in the game. LSU has this, no, excuse me, FSU, FSU. has FSU has this wrapped up. They LSU fumbles their FSU. second. FSU. Oh, no, no the LSU. Kick, the kickoff. Yeah, LSU the fumbles their second. They were t- and take the ball oh. to go back and tie the game. They fumble it. FSU gets down to the one, and they, and they fumble. fumble it back. And LSU has to go ninety nine yards. Oh, this is this is my. You know they went they went crazy, and yeah, it's a, it's a marquee game. It's a big, it's a big name. But my question is, were those two good teams, or were those two evenly matched bad teams? Yeah, who I, played an exciting game? I think that well, I forget the name of the player number five uh, on the defensive line. FSU had a monster game. Yeah, he was lived in the LSU backfield. Because uh, to give up 99 yards in a minute 20 yeah. with the game on the line. Uh, LS, FSU has better athletes. That I, I saw. Which, you know, would be normal, you know, a, couple, yeah. you know, a, couple, a decade or two ago saying, yeah, yeah from Florida, you're going to have better athletes on the field. Mm-hmm. LSU and Alabama lapped us on that some time ago. Yep. But what did Coach O leave Brian Kelly in the cupboard? Not much. Nope. Uh, I, they did not impress me. FSU impressed me in the result, and they really went all out to block that extra point. Yeah. It's not like, okay, we're defeated. We're, let's go to overtime and figure this out. No, well, we they, said it. I, I thought they were going to go for two in the win right there. Well, I, I told you, and you were like shocked by this, because I'm sitting there watching with Father Andrew. You know, I said, let's. they should go for two and end this right now. With the he momentum said, they had? He said, watch them block, he said, watch them block this kick. Yeah, because that's why you have the momentum. You don't yeah. know what's going to happen. Look at you, what I just said with UTSA. Yep. You don't know, but the thing is they had to score a field goal, not a touchdown to force right. overtime, so that's different. And travel in 40 seconds, travel the length of the field or get in a field goal range. So they're at the, you know, an extra point. You're thinking, okay, but it's college. Mm-hmm. But it's college. It's not the NFL or trying a 33-yard extra point. And it point. almost went in, too. That was a crazy part. And, and it, it almost post, went in. It but hit the crossbar. The, the kid that came <laughs> off, you know, came out the left edge. My goodness, yeah. he was shot out of a cannon. Yep. And Mike Norville, I think a lot of writers I saw on Twitter were saying if he would have lost that game on a 99-yard drive, he may not have made it back to this team bus because that was – they won. FSU feels good yeah. this morning. Congratulations. And we haven't talked about the other school in the state of Florida who also dodged a bullet. Mm-hmm. The Gators. Oh, why do you have to? Why do you have to mention? Uh, just... Because it was a good game. I mean, it was it was a good game. You know, just call them the other because because Notre Dame gave Ohio State a, a game for two and a half quarters yep. until they said, "Okay, we're Ohio State and you're not." Um, but Ohio State didn't scare me. Uh, you know who does scare me? Alabama and Georgia. Georgia looked. Georgia Oof. wouldn't be surprised again. I don't know if they'll, they'll overtake Alabama. But wouldn't surprise. <clears throat> when the when the polls come out, they get more first place votes because yep. they beat a better team, mm-hmm. supposedly on paper. Now going back to the Florida game, they looked like they were going to lose. And Utah was driving in for the for the tying field goal, and what you tell your quarterback is, "Don't force it. You have mm-hmm. the tie in your pocket." Yep. And what a spectacular interception by that Florida yep. kid! Oh my goodness. And so they were happy in games when the swamp. Good for them. But it's it's good for college football when the I said when it. the Florida Big Three are winning. 
as much as I'd love to, them to lose all mm-hmm. of their games. We want to see the misery. <laughs> but but FSU, at during moments of that LSU game, they showed flashes of being FSU again. Are they back? They, everybody's asking the question, are they back? Because they, they asked that of, of USC, yep. you know, uh, because they beat Rice by a million that, points. That last drive, man. I know they were 99 playing, yards. I know they were playing prevent and, and keeping everything in front of them. So there's a lot of a lot of gaps and windows there. There's, but there's a review that I think ended like two minutes ago. Yeah, that review was that, was that took forever. Thank God we didn't have we didn't have to wake up the next morning. But it was just it was just great to see college football back. The pageantry, the drama, the excitement, the the fans in the stands. It's just it's just awesome. And uh, but now. Now we get to both college football and professional football in the same in the, in the same, same weekend, and this weekend our Dolphins kick off again. Now my wife hates me for the next uh, because red, all because day all day Saturday it's back to back college football games, and then all day Sunday it's back to back NFL games. The clicker didn't <laughs> the clicker could not keep up, and and mind you, during the FSU LSU game there was a, an amazing match in the U.S. Open, and props to. I think it was Medvedev that lost, and and it's been it's been a spectacular show with Serena. The storyline there, Nadal. You know, I can't. You know, we're talking tennis on this podcast now. Really? Wow. We, so yeah, we've we, we've done NASCAR. We've done that. You know, we've done F. I think have we done F one? I think briefly we mentioned F one. Father Andrew could speak very intelligently yeah. about F one. Uh, so maybe one of these days. By the way, next week I'm going to my first Inter Miami game. Nice. Next Tuesday. Nice. So I'll let you. I mean, I, I it's Tuesday, so I want to let you know on the next pod, probably on the podcast after that. So. NFL preview, uh, Ashley couldn't join us in the studio right now, so earlier, earlier this morning, I recorded this NFL preview with our girl Ashley. All right, here is our preview of the National Football League. Woohoo! It is the week. Go, oh, Ashley. We're dun, ready. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> It, oh. This is my favorite week next to Christmas. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. Yes. This is such an amazing week. Of Obviously, we open up our season on Thursday. And needless to say, you're a Rams fan on Thursday, right? Uh, yes. We want the Bills to lose. Yeah. Because if the Bills lose, that's a wonderful start to our division. Um, but big game Sunday, 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock. We're three-point favorites. Uh, I want to beat them by 30. Is that un- unrealistic? So I have us winning 35 to 10. And Whoa. this is why. This is why. Here we go. This is Mac Jones' second year. Right, and a lot of people are saying he's the second best quarterback in the AFC East. He may be. I mean, he, at the end of the day, he may end up being better than Tua, but that's all they have, right? They don't even have an offensive coordinator right now. That, that's what I wanted Huge. to touch on because I, I mean, I pay no attention to preseason. Yeah, but all the stories come out of New England was the not having a, an offensive coordinator, Matt Patricia, yeah, who yeah. was your defensive coordinator before went to Detroit and flamed down in Detroit. Yeah, calling the plays. I'm sorry, you can't do it. No, but here's the thing. You got to remember who their head coach is. You have no, a no. veteran, one I of the agree. best coaches in the league, so he can take over that role to an extent, but he's not going to be able to do play calling like he has done in the past. You have to focus on the bigger picture. Exactly. So that's I think we are our defense. Granted, it's not the best defense in the league. I think they are going to shut us down, and people keep saying, "Oh, Devontae Parker, Devontae Parker." Devontae Parker played half of the games with us. He was injured the whole time. Yeah, he's going to be a, a threat. You know. But beyond that, I'm not worried about the Patriots. Who are you worried about in terms of our in terms of the Dolphins prospects? People have us 
people are starting to make me worry about week two Ravens. I wasn't. I'm still high on You're, that. You'll be there. I will. I'm leaving next week. Uh, I'm catching the Marlins Nationals because Nash, the Marlins play up we there. We love Ashley's life, don't we? I know. Everyone wants to live vicariously through me. Um, I wasn't worried about the Ravens until recently. I'm reading more and more and more. I even had a show with somebody this week who said Lamar Jackson could possibly be the MVP of the league, which is crazy. Uh, he was at one point, I think, that the league has figured out Lamar Jackson. I know the Dolphins figured him out mm -hmm. last year, it, which goes into another conversation. The Dolphins could be 4-0 and or 0-4 and after oh. week four. That's a tough schedule. New England at home, Ravens on the road, Bills at home, home Bengals, your defending nights. AFC champions on Thursday night, road game, which yeah. is never easy. I'm worried about that. So to answer your question, I'm worried about the Thursday night against the Bengals. Mm -hmm. I'm worried about Christmas Day against Green Bay. I actually have Green Bay going to the Super Bowl. And I'm also worried about some of those California games. We are two weeks out in California in December, and I would hate for us to lose two flop games. No, I, those think, are the ones that, I'm worried about. I think that the Dolphins uh, – did well the year after I left the team. And I was so upset about this because we mm -hmm. had, we had, when the Chargers were still in San Diego and the Rams were playing in the Coliseum, they stayed in a resort between San Diego, I think it was in Odola, uh, between San Diego and, um, and Los Angeles. And they won both games. Oh, good. They did win. The, and that was Brian Flores' first, no, sorry, Adam Gase's first year. Oh, that year. And, that, and they, made, they made the playoffs that year. So that was the last year we made the playoffs. So that, the schedule's tricky because after that four game, uh, you know, we go to New York. Start. We go to New York. Yep. Uh, MetLife Takeover. Mm -hmm. Vikings come here. They're a decent team, not a great team. It's fan club weekend. That's when all of our international fans from right. England, Mexico, I'll come to that. Steelers who travel well. Day before in. my birthday. So there that's a Sunday night game. They're also, I don't know if you know this, that's that Sunday, a Sunday night, night game. game yeah. So that's a day that we are having a huge ceremony. When I say we, the Dolphins, for the 1972 team. 50th anniversary this year. Yeah, so that's a day that those players who you know are still with us on earth will be there. They're doing a full that's ceremony, awesome. so that's a and really on good Sunday one to football. attend. Then the Lions and Campbell. Yeah. And he'll be fired up to oh, win that Oh, he's one. hungry. The Bears at on the road. I'll be there, also. Soldier Field. Soldier Field. Yeah. Uh, the Bears don't. don't really I'm not worried about me. them. Browns here. I'm not scared about the Browns, and and Deshaun Watson's not playing for them yet. Now Jacoby will be there. Yeah, and. I don't get Jacoby doesn't percent. play well with no, us. Against I, us, nothing. I'm not worried about Jacoby. Texans here. Then you said those two games, Niners and, and Chargers. Bills on the road That's on the 18th be a problem. December. That's a problem. Packers, the last three, last three games. That's a problem, I mean, too. Three of the last four games. Bills on the road. Packers here. Patriots on the road. Jets here to finish So the that's year. a problem ending a season like that because if the end of the we are on a playoff cusp going into late December, that's going to be a problem. All right, so here's my like key that. to all of this. I agree with you that the Ravens will be a problem because they'll have, you know, they were on a roll when they came down here on a Thursday night and we snuffed Straight that out. On, yeah. So going into that stadium, it's going to be rough. Oh, thanks. But, thanks. <laughs> all right, but good luck with that. Ugh. I think the key is this. You need to be Buffalo once this year. They haven't been Buffalo For since, sure. I don't know when. I mean, I, I, I should have looked this up before we started recording, yeah. but it's been a while. Yeah. I don't think Brian Flores ever beat Buffalo. I don't that, think so, Without no. looking, looking it up. We need to beat Buffalo here in that's going to be the telltale sign of where we are as a team. You've got to get after Josh Allen. Yeah. Put the because pressure. I have – see, the, the Rams don't have a problem. The Rams have a, a Aaron Donald. Yeah. And they have a great line to go after you know, Josh Allen. Put Keep on the him pressure. In the pocket, yeah. You know, put on the pressure. And I think the Dolphins, if they beat, if they take care of their business, if they beat the Bills, if they don't lose one – you know, if they sweep the Patriots, if they sweep the Jets, as they should, 
you know, New England on the road, late December. It's cold. It's gonna be it's gonna be rough late in the year, but it can be done. We did it at the beginning of last year, but it was yeah. the first week of September. So that's who I have. I think the Dolphins do make the playoffs. Yeah. You, you, said, you made a great point last night when we were texting back and forth. Yeah, yeah. We won 10 games last year, didn't make the playoffs. No, we won nine games. We nine, so nine games, sorry. Yeah. We won nine games. Should have, should have, could have probably won 10 or 11. The Jacksonville yeah. game. Ugh. I mean, the Atlanta game. There was a lot of fluke ones. Yeah, exactly. So we also won a lot of fluke ones. We did, too. It was a weird season last so, year. I think we get to 10. But fuck, okay, so but this Sunday though, if we so you have us winning this Sunday. Absolutely, yeah. Do we win in spite of Tua or because of Tua? That's the question that's been asked to me and I've been going back and forth on it. I think that as a team, I mean, no, I think we win because of Tua. I think that Mike McDaniel is gonna let Tua do his thing. Like you know, we're talking about let Russ cook. Yeah. Everybody talks about that with Denver. Let Tua cook. You have Waddle who had who didn't play all preseason. You have you have um Cheetah, you have Ty- Tyreek Hill. You have a great, Chase Edmonds. You have Mar- Chase Mar- Edmonds. You have great, great running backs now because we didn't have running backs last year. Yeah. I uh, still don't know why Ahmed and, and uh, Gaskin made the team. Miles Gaskin, yeah. And you cut Sony Michelle, who was a first oh. round pick, but you know they know they. This guy knows running backs. In Mike, we trust. And so, Gasicki too. You still have, you have a great tight end who you're going to use for block going. more. He's going to be fine. I think that everything yeah. we didn't show anything during the preseason. Really quickly because we have to move on. Predictions. Bills obviously take the division. Yeah, Bills might go all the way actually, but they're I gonna have take the, the division. Now yeah. the other divisions. I have a bold prediction when it comes to the AFC North. I don't think the Bengals will be all that this year. I think the Super Bowl hangover is real. Yep. I think that they were a fluke win in Tennessee and a fluke win in Kansas City from getting the Super Bowl. Now, mind you, they won those games, even though Burrow was sacked a million times <laughs> in all three of in all four of his <laughs> postseason games. But I don't. I see the Ravens coming out of the division. What do you think? You know, everyone keeps saying the Ravens, and I'm hearing more and more with them. And Lamar Jackson, MVP. I don't. Let me pull an Aaron Judge and say, "This is my contract year. I'm going to go all out." No, honestly, who I have is I like Green Bay. No, on, say, let's go by the division. AFC North. You like who? I mean, yeah. If you put it for division, that's a really, really good vision. There's a lot of possibilities that could possibly come out of that. I could see the Ravens pulling out of that that division. AFC South. I like Tennessee. Still like Tennessee. King Henry's still there. Tannehill. But how much tank does Tannehill really have? No, and the, but do you, do you pick Indy with Matt Ryan? No, I. Well, you know, actually, Texans are. I read some this morning. I, Jacksonville's I see, not going to be anything. No, Jacksonville's nobody. But I could see Indy because I when you know, I did I something, too. I have us playing Indy first round of the playoffs. Interesting. Yeah. So no, I do have Indy. Okay. Better than. Um, well, point then. A, the AFC West is just. You know, talk about the Wild Wild West. Anything. You have Russ in Denver. You have the Raiders who made this, who made the playoffs last year. You have Kansas City, obviously big. You know, and Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Chargers, Justin Herbert, and people ask really? me, Justin Herbert, like, how do you feel about it? It's like one of those things where, like, you just move on from I'm gonna, it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna surprise you here. I like the Raiders, Derek Carr, and Devontae Adams. Someone else said, you know, you're saying all the things that I hear from other You've people. You've done a lot that, of podcasts this weekend. Yeah, and it's like you're saying those things, and I'm just like, it never came to my head. But the more and more I hear it, a lot of you guys are on those fluke decisions. So no, it's not you're, not, you're not the only one who's it's, been it's saying well, that. Uh, quickly, NFC East, I like Dallas. I don't think Washington, oh, Philly. Oh, I see Gi- Philly. I think really? Jalen's going to have a, a great year this year. No, I, I, I think Despite Dallas, how what we did to them yeah. last preseason game. I think, no, I think Jalen, <laughs> yeah. I don't pay, atten- pay no attention to preseason. NFC South, you like the Bucks to come out of that? 
I can see the Bucks coming out of there. I mean, Brady. A lot of people are picking the Saints. I don't know how. No, Saints. I don't know. They how. picked up. Um, who they pick? They picked up. Was it Jar? They I think Jarvis. Jarvis went to they the Saints. They didn't pick up Jarvis, but they yeah. just traded their safety to Philadelphia. I can see the Bucks maybe do a late run, but I don't think Brady's. NFC North is, Brady's not going to be what we're used is, to seeing him. Is Green Bay, right? Oh, that's hands down. And then the NFC West, which used to be a great division, you have San Francisco. That where well, the way they've handled the Jimmy G is just awful. Yeah. Uh, Seattle's going to be a, a crap team, and then. Uh, you have Arizona, and you have, obviously, the Super Bowl champions, the Rams. I think the Rams are going to do it again. I think – so here are my Super Bowl predictions. And here we, You have – Green Bay. And – Bills. See, a lot of people have that. I do have the Bills in the yeah. Super Bowl. But I think the Rams get back there. No! Aaron Rodgers – Aaron Rodgers no! has been on the cusp of the Super Bowl the last couple of years. This year, he doesn't have his favorite toy, which is Devontae Adams. Yeah. And I think that's going to be – now, he has made really, really average receivers into almost all yeah. famous. Uh, Devontae Adams is, is, a, is, a good is a very, very good receiver. I think that hurts. I think that uh, every year someone sneaks into the Super Bowl you don't expect. Hopefully See, the, the Bills and the Rams, yeah, you never know. Look, the, the, we were the same as the Bengals Yeah. when the I year know. before we, we drafted two and they drafted Burrow, and they made it to a Super Bowl. So yeah. – uh, it was not – that's why I don't trust the Bengals completely because there's still a lot of holes yeah. on that team. Yes, their defense is good. Uh, their offensive line got better, but they still gave up a lot of sacks that's in the playoffs true. this year. And yet they were still, they still a game-winning drive away from winning the Super Bowl. I know, Go figure. Until Aaron Donald said, ring me. You know. Yeah. So that's our uh, NFL preview. We can't rave, you can't, I can't wait for Thursday. I have a match it's, on Thursday. And then I Monday. Watch. Monday's a big one, too. Monday, Russ goes to Seattle. Yeah, so that's exciting. So Thursday, you think? Oh, it'll be. I'm really excited. It's Are you doing a pick em game? We should do a pick em game. Or he won't be able to do that anymore. We can do it. We could, we could go on and, and get scared and do it. Other people know how we do it. Yeah. Straight I think up, so. not against the spread. No. Okay, straight no, up. No, no, just how, whatever we think. Yeah, no. All right. We should do that. Feeling confident about Sunday? I'm so excited. I'm like more excited Like a scale of 1 to anything. 10, where, where your confidence Oh, I'm is. at a 14. You're, oh, okay. You know, and then I am going to like the Marlins game on Friday, seeing Sandy pitch and everything. That's going to be great. Sandy's pitching on Catholic night? Yeah. Oh, that is Catholic night. That is Catholic night. Oh, night. Yeah. I forgot that. Oh, yes, yes. No, I have a wedding that night. I'm just going to be. Oh, no, I'm going because it's Catholic night. No. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I thought that. she's going because it's Catholic no, night. I know. throwing oh, the first pitch. I forgot about How that. How are your Red Sox doing? Father, really? Really? Hey, you could you could go back and meet really, with the Father? Yankees. The Yankees, oh, are I think they're going to turn a corner. They had a great game. Yeah, uh, no, no, Labor no, Day no. And, we uh we played the race last. We'll be fine. All oh, right. Oh, and, and last thing before um. No, I mean we lost PJ Tucker. Yeah, which was kind of like, like KD a, going, you know, staying, and then and then Donovan Mitchell was the last, you know, blow yeah. going to Cleveland. Their jersey's and, coming back, though. Anyway, Hori's going to be upset because I went too long on this segment. You have to get out of here. But, I know. But thank you very much, Ashley. My Look pleasure. forward to talking to you in the year. We'll do the pick em. And uh, let's see. And she's going she's gonna to destroy me in the <laughs> Have Father a great it. All right. Here we go. Did I go too long? Just a little bit too long? We're it was at, 13 minutes. Oh, we got to add the music. So we're a little over an hour right now. All right. That's fine. I went an hour yesterday, last <laughs> week, and I didn't know what I was doing. And I, again, I by the way, I apologize to everybody. The sound was awful last week because... I was controlling the board. Jorge wasn't here, and the sound was awful on Ashley's This side. is what happens when I take a step yeah, away for a week. you know, but we mentioned it briefly at the end of that last segment because Ashley and I hadn't talked sports, on the, at least on the podcast, all summer. Also, we were off for the summer. 
Uh, I sent you a, a hilarious clip from this little girl oh. who's not much older than your daughter. Epic. Uh, who was ta- who was a big fan of the Yankees. And, he goes, and she hadn't done it during August. I'm sorry, I took August off just like the Yankees. <laughs> and I'm like, but they had a good game yesterday against Minnesota. Baseball still happening? Baseball is still happening. You wouldn't know it by our local team. We went to see them last Monday. Oof, you was, weren't there? I was not there. I know you guys had a good time. We had a great time. It was we a played good the game. Dodger. It was a good game. We went to extra innings. Sister Rose, excuse me, Sister Rosalie's Dodgers won. Best team in the National League. So the Marlins took them extra innings twice. They were twice. World Series pick. They were. I forgot. I have to go back and check who my... No, I picked the Yankees to win the whole thing. Come on. <laughs> who am I talking about? I do not... As I sit right here right now on September 6th, I do not think the Yankees will win the World Series. If you would have asked me on Friday... Or on Saturday night, I'd say I don't think the Yankees will make the playoffs because I think they're going to implode the rest of them. Now, it still could happen. But can we talk, and we'll end on this. Okay, can we talk briefly about our local baseball team and its utter lack (laughs) of direction? And I guess there you go. I mean, I'm looking around the stadium, and this is the best team in the National League that's in there. And they had a good squad during the weekend. Now, they played a wraparound series Friday to Monday. And Monday was like, eh. Mm Mm-hmm. There was no energy there. Wasn't lo- a sandy day? My Lord God, I have no idea what I'm doing. Go I, back to that. I, that I think that's uh, I think that's on the f- on the front door of uh, Marlins. Uh, what is it? Lone Depot Park. <laughs> I want to make a prediction. I want to make a prediction. Dom Madeley, I don't think has any inch. I I don't have no inside information on this. There has not been. He, his contract expires the last day of the season. He's certainly not managing to come back. <laughs> no comment. I think he will not return as manager of the Marlins. I think of this Yankee implosion continues. And I say implosion meaning back into the playoffs and maybe, you know, losing the division round unceremoniously may prompt finally the the Yankee front office to get rid of Boone. And I believe they will hire Donnie Baseball to come back home to the Bronx. He's making a face at me. like Good luck up there. Yeah, I know. If he can't, (laughs) listen, he managed the Dodgers. Could not get the Dodgers over the hump. Roberts, can you say he got him over the hump? He won the World Series in a 60-game season. It still counts. It's still a, it's still a World Series. All right? We all play under the same rules. Yep. Even the Marlins made the postseason that year. Yeah. And we won, a, and we won a, a series against the Cubs. But that's my prediction. I think that the Yankees will... Father Andrew wants to blow things up in the, in, in the Yankees, but... That's not how the Yankees. The Yankees do not play no. by the same playbook as the Florida Mar as a, excuse me, the Miami Marlins. I can't believe I said that ten years after they changed their name, or as the Pittsburgh Pirates mm-hmm. or as the Colorado Rockets. They do not play it. They say, "Okay, no, we're going to buy these people and put them in yep. and figure it out instead of just mining a farm system." So you don't want to say anything about your local baseball team. What is there to say? Um, that <laughs> JJ Bleday has not done what we thought he would do. Jazz is out for the year. Garrett Cooper, the all-star curse for the Marlins is real. It's, yep. Ex- yeah, thankfully, not for Sandy. Sandy's immune to it. But since he came back from the all-star break, there was an article on Fistripes about it. Nothing from Garrett Cooper. Mm-hmm. And Jesus Aguilar was just put out to pasture. He, he caught on. I think he's going to catch on with Baltimore, yeah. who is in a pen, uh, in a wild-card race. Here's here's the, the only baseball talk. Here we go. It took longer than we expected. But are the Mets finally Metsing? Ooh, yes, they are. <laughs> yesterday, I don't know what happened last uh, night, but Atlanta's yesterday, one back. 
Atlanta is one back. They're going to make the postseason. That's not in question. But they had a huge lead in the East. And they played very well. Took two or three from the Dodgers last week in City Field in what was just incredible games. I was waiting for the Metsing to start in July. So they made it to September. And but, it's just but are they Metsing finally? So creeping up because the Mets are six and four in their last 10 and the, and the Braves are seven and three. So it's been, but the Braves have won five in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I don't know when they play again. And Philly, who was my pick to go to the World Series, not to win it, Philly is in the wild card. They got a big week coming up against against uh, two soft teams. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. It, it's still a lot. The Marlins, you know, play the Phillies this week, and uh, the Phillies have, you know, usually are bad. They've they've been playing us well this year. They've had our number this year, which is not the, you know not the same as last mm-hmm. year, the year before. We'll see what happens, but. Intriguing pennant races and and division and wildcard races coming down the stretch, which will get all swallowed up by college football and the NFL. Football, baby. <laughs> it is back. It is back. I'm so excited. It starts on Thursday. And, you know, we had a beautiful podcast this morning. We enjoyed it. Went deep. You know, Ashley came in. We did our NFL preview. You know, I had... The Bills and the Rams in the Super Bowl. I didn't. I didn't say who's gonna win the Super Bowl. It's the Rams winning the Super Bowl again. I don't. I the Bills. I don't trust them in the Super Bowl. Bills Mafia. I'm sorry, uh, but no, we had a beautiful podcast. Take me as I am, Lord. That's a, that's 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 well, the title of the podcast and today's theme. But you have to surrender to the Lord and let Him do with you as. He wills. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.